Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is Dorsey Levins, former Green Bay Packer, former Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket. You are listening to Taylor Made Sports with my man, Kevin Taylor. Hey, thank you so much. And welcome to another edition, another exciting edition, I may add, of Taylor Made Sports. I'm your host, Kevin Taylor. It's great to be with you here on this special edition of Facebook. Glad to have you with us. And of course, I do the show from Atlanta, Georgia, my hometown, the capital of the state of Georgia. It is a time to be a sports fan, not only here in Atlanta, but throughout the state of Georgia, as well as just the Southeast, because, you know, it's football season, we've got high school, we've got college, and what can you say about the undefeated 3-0 Atlanta Falcons? So we're going to be talking about them on this program and ready for a big showdown at the Georgia Dome on Sunday against the Houston, Texas. But first, I've got to say congratulations because we have a new Braves general manager. Yes. Uh, We're going to talk about that in a moment as well. So we're going to say congratulations to the new person who's going to be running the show on the day-to-day field operations for the Atlanta Braves that's coming up in just a moment, as well as to preview this coming Saturday's big showdown in Athens, Georgia, between the Alabama Christian Doctor and the Georgia Bulldogs. That's the toughest ticket. It's not the Atlanta Falcons right now, but it's the Georgia Bulldogs game on Saturday afternoon at 3.30 between the hedges and Alabama. So we're going to see how that shakes up and also preview that game of this program as well. And it's homecoming in downtown Atlanta at the Georgia Dome on Saturday as Georgia State will take on Liberty at 3.30. So uh, I'm going to preview that game coming up in just a few minutes as well. So I'm going to talk about, and we cannot forget about our guests. You know, when I was doing the program every week for two hours, I would designate one week as ladies' night. So, you know, that's when the ladies would call in and represent, and we would be able to talk about sports, and uh, they would give us the insight as to what they had going on. Well, this program is no different. My guests are all women. <laughs> we're going to hear from three wonderful ladies on this program this week. And we're going to begin with Nazinka Shaw. She's the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer of the Atlanta Hawks. She was brought in last season uh, by CEO Steve Coonan, you know, the uh, Hawks. Pretty much had to do a a makeover, if you will, within the urban community uh, because of some disparaging remarks. Uh, But at the same time, she's done a great job within the community, and uh, she's very happy to be a part of the Atlanta Hawks organization. So we're going to be speaking with her on the program, as well as Sue Wilkins. That's right. Did you notice the name Wilkins? Well, she is Dominique Wilkins' wife. So I had the opportunity to talk to her as well, and we're going to meet her and get her background and see what she's up to as it relates to the home. And she is the faithful and um, uh, the the business behind Dominique, if you will. <laughs> we're going to talk to her about that, as well as Tara August. She's the vice president of talent relations at Turner Sports. So we're going to see, is Charles Barkley really hard to work with? Yes, I did ask her that question, so we're going to talk to her as well on this program. And, of course, hey, you know, you can always reach out to me if you would like for me to 
interview a guest or you would have like to have a guest come on the program, all you have to do is reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter at Kevin Taylor ninety eight. Again, it's Kevin Taylor ninety eight. And even you know, you can see some pictures on at Kevin Taylor ninety eight as well. So that's the best way to get in touch with me for Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. Heard only on blogtalkradio.com. Well, like I tell you, we got to say congratulations here to John Capella. Yes, John Capella. He has now been promoted to the general manager's position of the Atlanta Braves. So let's say, say congratulations to him as uh, he served three years as assistant GM and, uh, of course, most recently under John Hart. He's still going to be working under John Hart. But he's been with the Braves organization for now nine years. So he wants to get back to having young players in place to be able to, you know, have the Braves on an upside and an upstart with getting back to where they were winning division titles and going to World Series. Pretty much the John Sherholt philosophy. That's what he mentioned today in his press conference. So uh, the move was announced on Thursday. Uh, by a Braves president of baseball operations, John Hart. That's just like those official titles, president of baseball operations. <laughs> and John Hart, uh, the team, also said in the statement that uh, Capella has agreed to a four-year contract through the 2019 season. And, you know, this means that this term will basically take him into a new dimension of Braves baseball in a new era as they move from downtown Atlanta and Turner Field to the suburbs of Atlanta. And uh, that's going to include the first three seasons at their new SunTrust Park. And it's going to be their new ballpark that's actually going up pretty pretty rapidly. It's on the northwest side of Atlanta. And uh, SunTrust Park is, is you know, it's going to, be, going to be a nice venue there. So uh, if you don't live in the Atlanta area and you love baseball, 2017, you're definitely trying to make plans to, to come on out there, as well as to uh, the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Falcons as well. But uh, within the organization, some said the promotion was expected. Uh, Capella, 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 I should say his work was hard in October of 2014 and all that are normally handled by a general manager. Of course, the team, um, they let go of Frank Rand about the same time last year with about maybe a week or two left in the season. It's been a abysmal year for the Braves. I mean, just a Abysmal. I mean, you know, you played 158 games right now. You're 64 and 94. Uh, thankfully, you're not finishing in last place. But we all figured this because John Hart came out and said basically the plan was going to be create some financial flexibility, which they've done. They they traded players, of course, and they wanted to redo the farm system. They wanted to bring in more talent to rebuild that farm system because let's face it. The past few years, the Braves have focused on the major league team and talent and have kind of really not really paid attention to the farm system. So that's basically what is in place right now. So the Gwinnett Braves had a very successful season, finishing second in their division. And uh, so basically, uh, Capella will handle day-to-day duties as a general manager including player evaluations and contract negotiations. Capella is 37 years old, and like I said, he's in his ninth season with the organization. And previously, he did focus on player development, amateur scouting, and international scouting department this season. So, again, congratulations to John Capella as he moves to his new role 
as general manager of the Atlanta Braves. So I think uh, I think that the Braves are in, moving in the right direction, and I think they have some good pieces in place from players as well as now in management that you would need to have going into next season. Let's move on to the NFL. As the Atlanta Falcons are getting ready to face the Houston that's coming up this Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock inside the Georgia Dome. Fire! 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 I tell you, you've got one of the best quarterback receiver combos in the league right now with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. And let's not forget about Devontae Freeman running the football last week as they beat the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas, coming from behind and, and being down by 14, you know, three times in the ball game. I mean, the defensive line was getting just pushed around. The the, the Cowboys were dictating the, the line of scrimmage early on. But that's where coaching comes into play yet. I believe um, Dan Quinn really got into those guys on the sideline in the halftime and told them to wake up. You know, and they woke up after halftime, and they came out as a second-half team. Can you believe it? <laughs> Normally the Falcons play, uh, you know, with a lot of uh, intensity in the first half, and in the second half it's like, <sighs> like they, they went to sleep at halftime, seriously. But the Falcons, they did the opposite. So I expect them to come out on fire again this week and take care of business against Houston inside the Georgia Dome. Uh, Falcons coach Dan Quinn did say on Thursday that he expects receiver Julio Jones. He will be ready to rock, according to him, on Sunday against the Texans. And despite uh, this is a new toe injury that Julio has now. Now, we knew about the hamstring that he was, you know, pretty much going through. But uh, this is a new injury here. It's a toe injury. Uh, but Jones had only limited participation in Thursday's practice after being held out all of Wednesday. He was also held out of Wednesday practices each of the last two weeks to rest the sore leg hamstring. He was limited on Thursday's injury report with toe and hamstring injuries. Now, I'll just point out Captain Shanahan said Jones didn't do much in practice. Uh, Jones came out on the practice field late in the portion, open to reporters. So uh, he did talk to the media, which was good. And uh, Jones actually did not seem worried about his status. He said he was good to go. Uh, that, that was before practice. But uh, Quinn did say he didn't know when Jones hurt his toe. He said it's on the top of Jones' foot and it's not a toe injury, which is good because that's what Devin Hester's going through. And we have not seen Devin Hester yet this season. So hopefully they can get him back maybe next week. I don't think he'll play this week. But uh, uh, Quinn said he's doing well with it. And he anticipates him being ready to rock like he said. Uh, Jones' health has become more important than ever. For the Falcons, who want to keep that three and zero momentum going into Sunday, and they want to be four and zero, of course. And uh, Jones has enjoyed a record-breaking start to his fifth season. Jones is thirty-four catches on the most in NFL history through three games. He also leads the league with four hundred forty yards receiving, and is the only player to have at least one hundred thirty-five yards receiving in each of his first three games. How about that? Now, in last week's thirty-nine twenty-eight win over the Cowboys. Check this out. Jones had 12 catches for 164 yards and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. You know, this is this is what we should be saying for Julio right now. Um, Julio Williams answered the conference call, though. You had reported this week if he was surprised by his stats. And he said, not at all. Like, hey, you know, hey. <laughs> he said, not at all. I feel like I'm capable of doing 
any and everything have just got to come to work every day. The main thing is staying healthy. And as Falcon fans remember, in 2013, Jones had surgery to repair the fractured fifth metatarsal in his right foot. He broke the same bone in the foot in 2011 while at Alabama. Um, so he's up for his franchise player status, and he agreed to a $71.25 million five-year contract extension guaranteed the $47.5 million before the season, and he's really earning every bit of that contract. Now, also, congratulations goes out to him as well because Julio was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, uh, of the month, actually. So uh, congratulations to Julio. Uh, now, on another interview, tight end Jacob Tammy was hit on a Thursday, uh, Thursday practice as he goes through the NFL concussion protocol, so he'll probably be out in this game. I would not be surprised if that was the case if Levi Tololo may start for Tammy. Now, Kevin Coleman, he was able to run but was not clear to practice because he's suffering from a broken rib. Devontae Freeman is expected to make his day start after leading the Falcons with 141 yards, rushing the three touchdowns last week. How about that? When's the last time you get – you can either sit on this game day. You days of Michael Turner, right? He also had five catches for 52 yards. They even keep the starting job with Tim Coleman is clear. We'll see. Our receiver and return specialist, Devin Hester, like I said, is suffering from turf toe. And linebacker Brooks Reed, who has a groin injury, had limited participation as they hope to play their first games. Well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Arian Foster, the big name for the Houston Texans, uh, we're still not sure if he's going to be able to play on Sunday as well. But, um, you know, if he gets out there, the Falcons, I know, will be ready against uh, one of the big uh, formidable backs in the NFL. So, uh, like I said, game time is at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon on CBS. All right, now, turning to college football, Georgia, Alabama, this Saturday, inside Saver Stadium in Athens. Now, Alabama's ranked 13th, Georgia's ranked 8th, and Alabama is actually an underdog in this game. But they do have something to prove when they visit Athens on Saturday. Uh, head coach Mark Rick of Georgia says a lot of people are excited, and uh, he said, at least that's what I hear. Indeed, the Bulldogs are 4 0, 2 0 in the SEC, have a chance to take a step toward a truly special season on Saturday, getting 5 0 and pretty much in the driver's seat to get to the Georgia Dome in the SEC championship game. I'm, I'm just going to say that. Of course, they've been in this position before against Alabama, who's now 3 1 and 0 1 in the SEC. Georgia, you know, started out the 2008 season ranked number one. Other they have their hopes crushed when Alabama raced out to a 31 to nothing halftime lead between the hedges. And in 2012, the teams met again in the SEC championship game, which went down to a final play. And that, of course, was a deflected pass that left the Bulldogs five yards short of the winning touchdown as time ran out. Now, I'm pretty sure the seniors on that team remember that. And they don't want to let this opportunity go by. Wide receiver Malcolm Mitchell said that season would have ended very well if we had won that game. And uh, only among a handful of Georgia players were still around for three years ago. But Mitchell said we didn't. So this is where we're at today. And you can say that again. Wins always make you forget losses. I'm pretty sure the Bulldogs are going to want to take care of business on Saturday. So they're not looking really to give anything away. But here's what I think is going to happen. Nick Chubb. 
You know, of course, he has been rushing for over 100 yards every game, pretty much dating back to last season. I think he's going to run very well against this Alabama defense. Grayson Lambert, I think, is still going to put up big numbers against the Alabama defense. I don't think they're going to be able to slow the rushing attack down. I think Georgia defense will step up and be able to stop Alabama's run attack. Uh, I think Alabama will be able to pass the ball against Georgia defense. But through the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I think Georgia will win this game. And there's not going to be a dominant performance, like I said. But I think it's going to be a competitive game that Georgia will win. Rick Austin said Alabama is a great football team. I don't know what the talk might be out there, but they're as good or better than anyone in our league, and they're as good or better as anyone in the country. So the Bulldogs are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and uh, maybe more by now. But uh, Alabama, can you believe? They haven't been an underdog since the 2009 SEC Championship game against Florida. And that's been 72 games and three national titles before it's happened again. So, like I said, coming up on Saturday, 3.30 between the hedges, you can catch this game. And um, Alabama, like I said, will face Nick Chubb and a Georgia team that has outscored the first four opponents by the average of 32 points a game. 32 points a game. That's right. So, uh, Nick Saban, all you can say is that I have a lot of faith in this team. And I think he does. And uh, we'll see. Coming Saturday, I think that um, – Georgia will take this, take this game, and uh, they will remain undefeated. That's for sure. Georgia Tech, they'll be on the flats on Saturday afternoon against North Carolina. And uh, Georgia Tech is trying to come off of a two-game losing streak to Notre Dame and also to Duke. They've been getting off to slow starts. But uh, hopefully they can bounce back and uh, take care of business on Saturday against North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina is not playing uh, too badly themselves. They're 3-1, and one, the second of the Atlantic Coastal Division. Georgia Tech, like I said, they're 2-2, two and two, and they're now seventh in the ACC Coastal Division. Uh, you know, this game will be on ESPNU, but I, I, I think Georgia Tech, with their backs up against the wall. I think that they come out and try to put points on the board early. But trust me, if they cannot run the football, it's going to become one-dimensional. And, of course, I, I've always said this. Teams have figured them out on how to defense them. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. You've got to change your game plan. But when you don't throw the ball much and you take away the run, what do you have? Not a good situation. And that's what Georgia Tech is faced with. That's what they were faced with against Notre Dame until a late rally. And then mistakes really just hurt them on Saturday, last Saturday, against Duke. But we'll see this time around as North Carolina comes to Atlanta for a 3.30 kickoff. And like I said, you catch that game on ESPNU. Inside the Georgia Dome on Saturday is homecoming for Georgia State. The Panthers are looking for their second win of the season. They are one and two against Liberty. The Liberty Flames come to Atlanta. And so uh, head coach Trent Miles is going to have his guys uh, ready to go, that's for sure. But at the same time, Will Liberty, who's coached by Turner Gill, it'd be good to go as well. They're playing a long stretch of a lot of road games right now. And uh, I think Georgia, Georgia State will win this game. I think they get their second win of the season. And so I, I really believe that. I think that Coach Miles 
you got to give them credit. These guys are, are they, 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 they've had some tough opponents, such as Oregon. And, uh, of course, the following week you have uh, Appalachian State. But Liberty comes into this game 2-2. Two two. They're most loud. They're first in the Big South Conference. Georgia State, like I said, is 1-2. They're, they, they're tied for first in the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah, with a below 500 record, but they're 1-0 in the conference. So it's a 3-3 kickoff inside the Georgia Dome. And you catch this game on ESPN3. So hopefully Georgia State will rebound and pull to 500 as they go against Liberty. So there should be a good one there. All right, some more college football news quickly. Uh, weather may prompt Big Ten to change times for the Michigan-Maryland game. Uh, this game was uh, scheduled for this coming weekend. Um, now, the Big Ten conference has changed the time for this game at Maryland to noon on Saturday moving up the kickoff by eight hours because of concerns over drenching rain and the approach of Hurricane Joaquin within the Atlantic. Uh, the hurricane was expected to hit the Bahamas and move toward the U.S., but a wide, a wide area of the East Coast has already had rain in the forecast for this weekend, and uh, the eagles uh, Redskins game also may be postponed. So a lot of weather watching in the uh, mid-Atlantic years. We're going to the weekend. Maryland was among the states expected to see some of the heaviest rain and the Eagles Redskins game, of course, would be in Washington. Uh, the game between number twenty-two Michigan, who's three and one, and Maryland, who's two and two, would be the Big Ten opener for both. Uh, the league also pushed back the kickoff time for Nebraska at Illinois from three thirty to four o two p.m. Eastern to accommodate uh, any potential weather-related delays in earlier game uh, in earlier games. And uh, the game between uh, Illinois and Nebraska will be on the Big Ten Network. So. Uh, for those of you in the Midwest, you catch that game on the Big Ten Network for sure. All right. Well, hey, let's now hear from our guest on this week's program. Let's start with uh, the Atlanta Hawks and their uh, uh, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer, Nzinga Shaw. I'm joined now by Nzinga Shaw, the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer of the Atlanta Hawks here on Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Ms. Shaw, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, of course, you came to Atlanta when the Hawks were kind of, you know, uh, under a bad circumstance. Just talk to us about how you were able to, you know, kind of inflect your views from a diversity standpoint with the Atlanta Hawks. And they're doing very well now in the urban community. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, absolutely. When I took this role on, we were certainly um, in one of the most challenging times in our franchise. But, you know, I knew that some of my marching orders would be to get deeply engaged in the African-American community and in many emerging communities. And so over the course of several months, I have worked closely with my executive committee in addition to team members to make sure that we are immersed in the community. We are renovating basketball courts in all sections of the city of Atlanta, getting kids engaged in our game. We are certainly partnering with minority organizations to show our support and love for those communities and are really trying to expose new and emerging communities to our game and what we um, what we hold true, which is we're true to Atlanta. That's right. And of course, basketball season is not that far away. Can you give us a little bit of insight as to what will be coming up during this coming season? I think during the season, besides seeing amazing games played by a spectacular team, you're going to certainly see a lot of cultural events and cultural nights where we celebrate different communities of different heritages and backgrounds because we understand that we're not going to win every single game, but we want to make sure that we're celebrating all communities at every single time that we show up. Now, of course, those 
For those that don't know, tell us about your background. Are you from Atlanta? Uh, you know, how long have you been in sports? What is your favorite sport? I am a native of New York. I'm actually from Freeport, which is a small town in Nassau County in Long Island. I uh, came to Atlanta when I was 17 years old as a student at Spelman College. I have my bachelor's degree in English from Spelman, a historically black college for women here in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I am now have made Atlanta my home. Uh, I live in the Camp Creek area of Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm really loving being here. In terms of a favorite sport, you know, I really can't say that I have one in particular. I love so many, but if I had to really, really choose, I'd say tennis. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I know you were recently following the U.S. Open, and it was a uh, phenomenal event. That's for sure, as it always is, up in Flushing, as a matter of fact. Absolutely. You know, following the U.S. Open, watching the Williams sisters play, in addition to all of the great athletes that were out there, it was always exciting, and, you know, um, I definitely think that it kept everybody engaged this season. Well, before we let you go, uh, let's talk about uh, working with the Atlanta Hawks, and, of course, Steve Coden. You know, he had a vision to, uh, you know, bring more diversity to the club, and I'm pretty sure he's pretty much followed through with it. Absolutely. I think establishing this job that I'm doing right now was the first thing that Steve set out to do, and he made that come true. But in addition to that, we are starting a women's employee net, uh, resource group inside of our organization. Again, we are getting deeply engaged with multi-ethnic communities. We're also very engaged with the LGBT community, and I think that diversity is the fabric that makes the Atlanta Hawks real. So I think that, again, um, Steve Coonan has been a great leader and champion in this space, and you will continue to see us rise to the occasion. And last question. Now, what type of advice would you give to anyone who is wanting to maybe be a professional athlete, of course female, or even in broadcasting? You know, um, if you want to be a professional athlete, I think you've got to take care of your body. I think you've got to take care of your health. Your greatest asset is your your ability to show up and play your sport at an excellent um, level. And so the way that you get there is through good eating choices, a lot of rigorous activity, and making sure that you differentiate yourself from others. All right, everybody. That's Zinga Shaw, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer of the Atlanta Hawks. Thanks. You're listening to Taylor Made Sports. I'm Kevin Taylor, and I'm joined now by the lovely Sunny Wilkins. And, of course, yes, that's right, everybody, Wilkins, the wife of Hall of Famer Dominique Wilkins. Ms. Wilkins, thank you so much for joining us. And how are you this evening? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And tell us about your role right now in the Atlanta community. I run the very, well, the one role I do run is my husband's entire life and career. That would be six careers total, um, and he it, he is Atlanta. He's the son of Atlanta. So I take that with pride. Um, I went to college here. We both have our roots here. Mine, not so deep as his, but I'm planting them now. And I believe that as his backbone and as his support system, I can help make his brand even larger than life. wasn't a hard brand. I didn't come into something that just, oh, it was a nobody. Absolutely, he was already great. But I still feel you can always be greater. Exactly, because I did not want to say housewife because you are not certainly that. Because you have done so much, not just for Dominique, but also you are have, you actually have a sports background. I understand football and bodybuilding as well. Yes. those. Well, football was my passion. Um, my husband obviously did not like that. I broke my ring oh. finger uh, oh. two months before the wedding date. So <laughs> that became a bit of a problem. A couple injuries, and he was like, are we done with that? So I had to find something else to channel my stress. Five careers, three kids. Wow. That's 
a lot. So for me, I was like, okay, let me go to the gym. Let me do something that I can compete with. So bodybuilding, I'm five foot nine. I, I am larger than life. I have a big personality. Mm-hmm. Let me get on stage with a bunch of 20-year-olds in a two-piece bikini and flex. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great. That's great. And you have fun with it. That's amazing. Absolutely. I be- Nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. I believe every day should be smiles and fun and laughter and happiness. That's true. And, of course, you're married to such a polarizing figure. You know, how do you find balance? Because Atlanta loves Dominique. You know, he is an institution here in Atlanta, not just for basketball. But how do you find that balance between, you know, sports and home? I make the most normal life possible for him, whatever that normal may be. Um, like I said, in the outside world, he'll always be the human highlight. He'll be Dominique Wilkins. But at home, he literally is just, Dad, find the shoe. Dad, he needs a plate. Dad, she needs help with her homework. So I give him that normal aspect to life. We don't live in the city, so we live in a small little town outside of the city to where we go to the grocery store. At first, the first maybe two months, it was excitement. Oh, Dominique, Dominique. Now it's just, oh, that's Nick and Funny. They're in the store all the time. And he does do grocery shopping. So, you know, we have a, a normal life. That's the best thing I could offer him. And that's, that's a great point that you make there because you are there to compliment him. And uh, now also, tell us about your background. Are you from Atlanta? How long have you lived here? Did you go to school here? I'm from a Minnesota originally, Minneapolis, Minnesota, cold country. Yes. Came down here in the early 90s to go to Clark Atlanta University. Okay, Pathers. Yes, so I have my roots play volleyball for Clark. I have my roots here in Atlanta. Left for law school and thought to myself, why did I ever leave? So I came back. Took a little while, a little long route to get back, but when I came back, um, Dominique and I started dating, and here we are now, five years later. Hey, well, congratulations on those five years, and maybe many more to come. And before we do let you go, of course, we're here at the ColorCom uh, Women of Color Communications panel event. And what type of advice would you give to women who want to be athletic or who maybe have low self-esteem, you know, who may not have, you know, got an extra push, as well as, of course, in my genre of broadcasting, who also may suffer from the same situation, who may not have, you know, gotten an extra push or don't have that support. What type of advice would you give them to, you know, kind of branch out and walk on faith, walk in faith and to try to, you know, be the best they can be? My advice would be to never let anyone stop your passion. If you put passion behind anything you do, you will go a lot further than you ever can imagine. Like I said, my favorite word is no, because I really don't know what that means. When you tell me no, I take that on as a challenge. I'm going to go turn that into a yes, and I can show you better than I could tell you. Break down stereotypes, follow your heart, find out what your passion is, and go for a force and don't let no one stop you. Those are great words and great advice. And everybody, we want to thank Sonny Wilkins for being a guest here this week on TaylorMade Sports. You're looking well, and may you have much continued success. Thank you so much. It's TaylorMade Sports. I'm your host, Kevin Taylor, and I'm joined now by the very lovely Tara August. She's the Vice President of Talent Relations at Turner Sports. And Ms. August, thank you so much for being here with us this week. And tell us about your role at Turner Sports. So I oversee all of the on-air talent for TNT, TBS, 
NBA TV, uh, True TV, and all of our sports websites for all of our sports properties. So the NBA, MLB, professional golf, and NCAA men's basketball. Oh, wow. So now, is Charles Barkley really hard to work with? You can be honest. You can be honest. I'll, I'll be completely honest. He is the easiest one, by far, and the most entertaining. Everybody thinks, you know, he's a big grump, and he's not. He's okay. so fun. He's so funny. He's much funnier in person than he even is on TV because he can really speak his mind, and he's easy. He tells you the truth straight up. If he's going to do something, if, he's, if, he's, if he says he's going to do something, he does it. You don't have to chase him. Or if he says, you know what, I don't like that, then you know, you know what, he's made up his mind. So he's great to work with. De definitely true TV, that's for sure. <laughs> so now, if someone's trying to break into broadcasting, mm -hmm. what advice could you be able to give them? I'd say, you know, don't turn down any opportunity. So if someone invites you on their radio show, on their podcast, take that opportunity. Watch yourself on air. So if you even have to tape yourself in the mirror or have a friend tape you, practice doing stand-up, practice doing things behind the desk, and then critique yourself because you're going to be your worst critic. And then, after you've done it a few times, throw away all your notes and pretend that there's breaking news. Pretend if you're covering a game that Kobe Bryant just broke his, twisted his ankle. Pretend that there's a fire in the arena and see how quickly you can think on your feet and what you come up with. Because that's really the testament to uh, somebody who's good on television. They can do it without any notes. Exactly. So if you're wanting to be maybe on an internet radio show, Taylor-made sports might not be a bad idea. <laughs> Absolutely. Take him up on the offer. No opportunity is too big or too small. What you need to do is get reps and get exposure. That's right. That's right. Now, of course, a lot of opportunity is coming to Atlanta. You know, we have our major markets like New York and Los Angeles. But talk about the production aspect because Atlanta seems to be a great hub of opportunity. There's so much going on in Atlanta. I love this city. I'm not even from here, but I, I pretend that, that I am. It's my adopted city. Um, there's so many films that are shot here. There's networks here. People forget that, you know, Turner Broadcasting, we have CNN and TNT and TBS and Cartoon Network Productions all coming out of Atlanta. The Weather Channel is here. There's, you know, regional networks that are here. There's movies being made. So there's any type of opportunity that you want to find here in Atlanta. Now, of course, you know, you spoke to a group of women here at the uh, ColorCom event this evening. Uh, you know, for, you were on the panel. And now, for those who are trying to actually get into broadcasting, for women especially, it's always great to know that. Now, you don't always have to know, but it's always great to know, you know, the sport and also players and background. Talk about how important that is as well. You have to be credible. And that goes for men, women, children, animals, anything. So <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't go to an entertainment network and not know anything about entertainment. Don't come to sports if you don't know anything about sports. Don't go to a news program if you don't follow the news. You have to be educated. You have to be credible. And I say that for everyone, young, old, male, female. If you come in, know what you're talking about. Because, again, your prompter might go out. Your producer might not be available. I need to know that you're not going to embarrass me if I put you on the air and you have to be able to think on your feet. Or someone might surprise you with a question and you need to be able to answer it. Exactly. Now, before we let you go, i got to put you on the spot. I, I put something like this on the spot. Now, of course, Turner Sports, you know, you produce, you know, college football, you know, NBA, MLB, like you said. Which out of those three do you like the most? 
That's not fair. That's like asking which one of your children is your favorite. <laughs> um, you know what? I actually wa- I watch a lot of football, and I love football. Basketball is what I do the most. It just takes up the most amount of my time and energy, and I enjoy it. But, you know, we are fortunate enough to have such diversity in our sports programming, so I love going to the PGA Championship every year. That's right. amazing. The Final Four is one of the best events we've ever done. Now we've got true, we've got boxing on True TV. And so it, it, it really is, I feel like each event is my favorite until the next one. So it's, it's hard to choose. And, of course, we can't forget about, you know, NASCAR. And, and uh, like I said, we uh, previously seen, yeah, uh, and also uh, we see college football as well and, and golf, like you mentioned. So, you know, Turner is just, you know, really utilizing the talent that is already before them. It just keeps keep growing. Just keeps growing. Well, Tara, we thank you for a big against your Taylor Bay Sports this week and much continued success to you and also everyone at Turner Sports. Thank you so much. All right. You've been listening to my interviews with Ms. Linga Shaw of the Atlanta Hawks, Sonny Wilkins, wife of NBA Hall of Famer Tommy Wilkins, and Tara August, who's the Vice President of Tele-Relations at Turner Sports. Thanks so much, ladies, for taking out the time to talk to me recently. And I had a great time meeting you as well. And, of course, if you're listening, you're always welcome as a guest on Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. All right, before we wrap up the program, make sure that you keep out a lookout, actually on Facebook and Twitter, for any time that Taylor Bay Sports is going to air. Again, my Facebook uh, page, you can find me at KevinTaylor98, and also on Twitter at KevinTaylor98. And even you can see some recent pictures of me on Instagram at KevinTaylor98 as well. So I just made it. Easy for everybody at Kevin Taylor, 98. All right, I uh, just want to let you know before we go that uh, from the NBA, Steve Kerr will take a leave of absence as he's still recuperating from back surgery that he had during the offseason. He had back surgery in July and then a, uh, a follow-up procedure in September. So uh, after training camp has begun, I just really realized that uh, to keep up with the grind of the NBA season, he needs to take some time to fully uh, recuperate. Uh, so he can uh, have his back healed. But uh, Luke Walton will be his replacement. Uh, he moved up to the number one assistant position with Alvin Gentry to the head coaching position with the New Orleans Pelicans. So uh, Luke Walton will be uh, uh, on an interim basis while Steve Kerr uh, recuperates from back surgery on the sidelines for the Golden State Warriors, your champion Warriors, that is. Also, uh, coming up on the next episode of Taylor Make Sports, make sure that, like I said, you keep up with the next episode will be because we will uh, discuss Georgia Tech's basketball season. That's right. They're about to begin fall practice, so uh, I'll have an update for you for that. Also, we'll talk to the Atlanta Hawks players as they're in training camp right now. So we'll have an update from them coming up on the next program, as well as we will review the Atlanta Braves season. Well, it was not one of the best, but we still will review, review it. Talk about the Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in football, as well as the Atlanta Falcons as well. So, like I said, make sure you keep it right here at Taylor Bay Sports for all of the latest sports information from Atlanta and around the country. I am Captain Taylor. You've been listening to Taylor Bay Sports with Captain Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. Never be discouraged, always encouraged. Until next time, my friends, I'm out.